In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is a good week of saints uh, this coming week, especially Herman the Cripple. So um, we will end with a litany of saints. And um, so I didn't want to have a litany of saints at the beginning, but that's just um, because I don't like to, you know, repeat myself redundantly. So when we read the epistle of St. Paul to the Galatians, there's something in here that speaks to all of us of every generation, but especially those who know and love and live the faith today. And I have, I have had this conversation with many, so I'm not singling out any one person or any one parishioner or any one email conversation. There is a great deal of bad that the enemies of the church want to accomplish in the next weeks. To the degree that they succeed or are happy with what damage they are able to do, there will be damage done. And there will be uh, quite possibly public um, division that's even more public than it is already. I know of at least one good bishop in America who's not on your list of heroes, just an unspoken, uh, sort of mild-mannered, orthodox bishop who's already met with his clergy about what to do and what to anticipate uh, if really bad things happen in October, uh, which was very encouraging. I know that there are many bishops who have sent very subtle signals but obvious to their clergy that dogma doesn't change. It doesn't matter what anyone says. The nature of marriage doesn't change. The nature of Holy Communion doesn't change no matter what anyone says. So there is a way in which they have, many of them, have similar misgivings that we do, similar concerns, are not speaking about it too publicly for, um, for reasons that are known to them. And some of them may be decent reasons. We can't simply say it's all cowardice. It could very well be that they know that they've been warned if someone speaks out, then uh, some kind of accusation will be printed and he'll be removed from office. Or, um, or that simply that uh, it will, uh, by their judgment, which could be flawed, make things worse. Who knows? Um, St. Paul to the Galatians is telling us, Live, live in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Don't be proud. Don't look for ambitions uh, to be satisfied. Don't look for earthly glory. If someone of us is, is overtaken in any fault, 
we instruct that person in a spirit of meekness, remembering that we could also be tempted. Now, at first it sounds like this is simply a matter of moral instruction, moral correction. But he says very clearly, and the, and the beautifully we have that Greek word that's Latinized for catechesis, which is to, to communicate the faith, not in its fullness, but in its most essential aspects that are necessary for our salvation. Let him that is instructed in word communicate to him that instructs him in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For what, a man, for what things a man shall sow, he shall also reap. If he sows in the flesh, he reaps, in the, he reaps corruption. If he sows in the spirit, he reaps everlasting life. The correction that we have to make here is uh, beautifully simple. It needs no other supporting document than the Holy Gospels. The irrevocability of marriage, the necessity of Holy Communion, and the necessity of of receiving Holy Communion worthily lest we drink our own destruction. So, okay, that's the Gospels and the Epistles, but you understand what I mean. In fact, the struggle is simply is, is, is this book actually still authoritative? We're not even arguing about is this comprehensive uh, or, or requiring the church. That's a debate between Catholics and Protestants. The, the question is, is this book still the word of God? It's a debate between Christians and modernists. So it's very, it's very simple. It should be, it should be easy and, and effortless. Well, yes, that's still the truth because God teaches it. Very simple. It's beautiful. And it, and it, and it makes our lives better. And it makes the world more wonderful. Whether it be about the clergy, or married life, or ecclesial life. When our Lord went to name, to our surprise, he is, he is not summoned, and there is no manifestation of faith. There's not even a request made. It's not as though here we have an exception to the rule where there's a miracle that only serves a corporal uh, purpose. It's only for their immediate benefit because it results in their glorifying God and recognizing him as a great prophet. But it's so beautifully opposite what happens in Nazareth and so similar. Because from the hilltop of Nazareth, which is in the shape of a, it's like a hilltop, the ridge of which is like a fish hook, almost, where the, the hook part is to the north and the, the straight, uh, 
shaft is pointing south uh, towards the valley. And when you're standing on the end of that ridge, looking off to the south east southeast, really, you look down and you might be able to see the village of Nain, but you could you could look in that direction and on the clearest day with something uh, very visible, you'd be able to see Nain. It was a neighbor, low-lying village compared to the hilltop prominent town of Nazareth. It's in Nazareth that crowds seek him out to get a miracle. They request a miracle because they hear that he's a prophet. In name, he approaches and performs a miracle completely without anyone asking for it. He intervenes. He goes out of his way to stop them. He stops the funeral procession. He touches the casket. The exact opposite of what happens, or rather doesn't happen, in Nazareth. And what are the similarities? A, a woman who's a widow, like his own mother. A son who's deceased, as he will be one day. And yet, what results immediately is extraordinary joy and, and delight. Here is a great prophet, the opposite of Nazareth. But some of those people, it stands to reason, will eventually not believe in him anymore. In the same way that there are those who were among the thousands who saw him multiply loaves and fish. And the next day, they wanted another miracle. They didn't get what they wanted. And they got the bread of life discourse in the synagogue in Capernaum. And they no longer believed in him. They no longer followed him. What does Abraham say in the parable? Or rather, the rich man with Lazarus at the gate. He begs Abraham, just send someone from the dead, then my brothers will believe. No, they have the prophets, listen to them. Even if someone rises from the dead, they won't, they won't believe. People can be witness to the resurrection of Christ and still end up in hell. People can witness the power of God and still not persevere. It's worth emphasizing because this isn't, this isn't mechanical. It's not something that's just simply uh, a done deal. Yes, you believe in the resurrection. Great. It doesn't mean that you will persevere to the end. Yes, you have been witness to the power of God. That, that doesn't mean that it's a, a fait accompli that you're going to end up in heaven. You will have to struggle. And I know you're telling me, Father, I already am struggling. The struggle is almost overwhelming me. Okay, keep struggling. That it should at least be a confirmation that it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. If you, if you are struggling, great. That's the, the Christian life is a struggle. Our very good friends, 
uh, one of whom will be in town in a few weeks, have urged us to pray and fast for 40 days, which is wonderful. We should already be praying and fasting the way, the, the way they urge us to do so. They're urging us not to do something over and above what Christianity involves. They're urging us to be good Christians. Right? When you go to church every day, you don't need to remember which are the holy days of obligation. I'm, I'm sometimes the worst person to ask. Is it a holy day of obligation or not? I need to look it up. I don't need to keep track. When you fast every day, except for Sundays and solemnities, you don't need to keep track. Is it a, is it a full fish on the calendar or a half fish on the calendar? or what, What's going on? No, Christians should be fasting. That is our way of life because we're living for heaven. We're not living for now. People may notice your big house and your fine clothes. Hopefully, as they did St. Thomas More and St. John Fisher, they will find out later on that you lived a great penitential life. But woe to us if they don't ever. What is done in secret will eventually be known. If we live lives of gluttony and avarice and greed, it doesn't matter how, much, how many holy words we say, what is the call that's being made? Prayer and fasting. Detachment. Detachment from the world. Sacrifice. And not just for a particular end. Maybe some will just because of a particular end right now. That's great. But it must continue. It has to continue into November and December because the, ba- the same bad characters who aim to do bad in the next few weeks, they're still going to be aiming to do bad in the weeks and the months after that. Pray fast as a way of life. doesn't mean visibly necessarily changing, but it could. But at the very least, behind the scenes, it means our lives must be sacrificial. Obviously, chastity and sobriety are, are a given. They should be a given. For some people, that's a great challenge and a great struggle. Get to it, because there's more struggling that needs to happen. So I ask for your, uh, your input and your help. There are a few things that are going to happen in October, which we will be rolling out in the next few days, this coming weekend, which should serve the purpose of joining that call to pray and fast, especially the rosary, as I urge everyone to pray the Litany of St. Joseph protector of the church, terror of demons, pillar of families, guardian of virgins, glory of home life, lover of poverty, all things that we need now. 
In addition to that, there will be a litany of saints, heroes of family life. And heroes of the reform of the clergy, the authentic reform of the clergy. We'll conclude with those invocations. If you have a correction or an addition, please uh, tell me after Mass. It's always good to be corrected, especially when I, I get carried away and I do commemorations on sung Masses of Sunday when it's only permitted on low Masses of Sunday. Those are good corrections, very good corrections. Other corrections that we need to make are very clear, and this is where I ask for your help just because of a lack of time. We should keep track in a productive and constructive way of the, the heretical statements that are part of the public record, especially those made by prominent theologians who publish and have uh, the ear of prominent people and prominent people, especially who wear pointy hats, right, so bishops. We need to keep track of those heretical statements. Why? Because it's the conversion of their hearts that we need to pray. And also, we should, we should also, not just to be able to hold them accountable, but for the sake of having time to prepare, what is the, what was the, what is the appropriate response to that statement? So that you can be ready, whether, whether it be at home or in the workplace, whether it be a young person or, or an antagonist. What, what is it that they are saying so that we know how to respond? And when, when we've thought through it, this is different from being dragged into the synagogues and be put on trial. This is right having explanation for the hope, for the, which is, which, for your faith, which is the cause of your hope. Be prepared. Be catechized. So in particular, um, names and statements that have been published, not rumors of statements, but actual citations. And then we'll work on how to respond to that. But it's specifically, these are brothers of ours. Some of them are sisters. And they need to be corrected by their siblings in a way which befits our being part of the same family. And, and not just angrily, but even a letter and even a spiritual bouquet or persuasive urging. It's their shepherds who can govern them and threaten them. It's their brothers and sisters who plead with them and warn them. And specifically, this is on my mind because we can't simply pray that some procedural set of uh, events turns out to be favorable over the next few weeks. We need to pray for the conversion of these people specifically, not just that they fail in their uh, schemes.
because they'll continue. And before we get too full of ourselves and carried away, we need to remember exactly what St. Paul says. We are... We need to be meek. And we need to remember ourselves and bear one another's burdens. So we ask each other's help and prayers, and especially those of the angels and saints. Saints Adam and Eve, pray for us. Saint Noah, pray for us. Saints Abraham and Sarah, pray for us. Saints Anne and Joachim, pray for us. Saints Zechariah and Elizabeth, pray for us. Saint John the Baptist, pray for us. Saint Peter the Apostle, pray for us. Saint Perpetua, pray for us. Saint Helena, Empress of Rome, pray for us. Saint Emilia of Caesarea, pray for us. Saint Monica, pray for us. Saint Edwin, King of Northumbria, pray for us. Saints Henry and Gunagunda, pray for us. Saint Stephen, King of Hungary, pray for us. Saint Canute, King of Denmark, Saint Margaret, Queen of Scotland. Saint David, King of Scotland. Saint Ferdinand, King of Castile. Saint Louis, King of France. Saint Elizabeth of Hungary. Saint Bridget of Sweden. Saint Catherine of Sweden. Saint Hedwig, Queen of Poland. Saint Rita of Kasha. Blessed Paula Gambara Costa, pray for us. Saint Thomas More. Pray for us. St. John Fisher, pray for us. St. Margaret of Clitheroe, pray for us. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, pray for us. Blessed Anna Maria Taigi, pray for us. St. Louis and Zelie Martin, pray for us. Blessed Carl of Austria, Pope St. Paul VI, pray for us. All you heroes of family life, pray for us. St. Paul the Apostle, Pray for us. St. Athanasius. St. John Chrysostom. St. Augustine. St. Benedict. Pope St. Gregory the Great. St. Peter Damien. St. Norbert. St. Dominic. Pope St. Pius V. St. John of the Cross. St. Charles Borromeo. St. Francis de Sales, St. Vincent de Paul, St. Alphonsus Liguri, St. John Vianney, St. Joseph Cafasso, St. John Henry Newman, St. Therese of Lisieux, Pope St. Pius X, Pope St. John Paul II, all you heroes of the authentic reform of the clergy, Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.